Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name's Chris Alphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we are going to delve in to the magical year of 1996, to the mystical week of August 27th through September 2nd, in this, our 35th episode of Season 2. I'd like to open up with a question. Yeah. Connor? In the 90s, did you know anyone with an ice machine in their fridge? Oh, I, you mean like on the fridge door? Yeah. No. I, I had one friend. Actually, it was, uh, it was Kyle Parton. You've, you've probably seen that fridge. Oh, I've definitely seen that fridge, but I didn't know him at that time. Yeah, he had that back in the 90s. Jealous. I know. That was the coolest thing. All right. August 27th, where a megaplex will rise, a drive-in meets its demise. Get your popcorn ready. Pacific Theatres will raise three screens at its Anaheim drive-in location on September 6th to make way for a 25-screen, 5,500-seat state-of-the-art Megaplex, which is scheduled to open during the summer of 1997, Year of Our Lord. The screen-dropping ceremony will take place at noon when construction crews pull the screens to the ground. The Los Angeles-based movie theater operator has invited city officials and community leaders to celebrate the event with a barbecue luncheon. How do you celebrate losing a drive-in? I love the drive-in. I think at the time, it's uh, it's something that probably seemed like progress. 25 screens, I mean, 5,500 seats. That's pretty crazy. Megaplexes are pretty sweet. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, but drive-ins, there's something unique about that. Did you know that in actually Niagara Falls, there was a drive-in on Kaler Road? I was aware of this. If you look on Google Maps, uh, you can still see the little outline of like that kind of theater style like cone conical shape yeah exactly you can still see it there oh cool and i'd just like to correct one thing you referred to 1997 as the year of our lord well they're all the year of our lord well uh actually lord was born uh november 7th 1996 i will not dignify this with any further discussion august 28th their royal highnesses the prince and princess of wales are formally divorced (laughs) so good (laughs) At the High Court of Justice in London, Her Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, is restyled Diana, Princess of Wales, due to the Queen's letters patent issued a week earlier. I should clarify that I was laughing about the the Lord, the Lord joke, not the... Divorce? Yeah. What's there to do but laugh about it? Charles seems like a wiener. Exactly. I think, you know... Yeah. Eh, Diana was cool. Diana was fucking cool. Uh, August 29th. U.S. President Bill Clinton and Vice President Al Gore are renominated at the Democratic National Convention in Chicago, Illinois. Also on this date, former B.C. Premier W.R. Bennett is found guilty of insider trading, and in lighter news, Tiger Woods makes his PGA Tour debut at the Greater Milwaukee Open, four days after winning his third consecutive U.S. Amateur Championship. Tiger Woods was a golfer. He was. And he still is. Is he still? He's still golfing? Barely, though. Yeah, I mean, how old? He's gotta be, like, not even 50, right? Yeah, he's in his 40s. Yeah, and some golfers... But falling apart. Okay, August 30th. Today, the attempted raising of a 15-ton section of the RMS Titanic fails as 1,700 spectators, including survivors of the wreck, watch. And uh, this was shortly before the movie. Yeah, I remember watching, a, I think it was like a National Geographic documentary about this. Okay, uh, August 31st. 
some solid video games came out today. So we got uh, Die Hard Trilogy, a bundle of tie-in games for the first three Die Hard movies, which were released on the PC, PlayStation, and a little little recognized system called the Sega Saturn, which uh, a friend of mine did have growing up and was confirmed dope. I think I had one friend with a Sega Saturn. All right, so Die Hard is a third-person shooter. The player battles terrorists and rescues hostages in the Nakatomi Plaza, which is the setting of the first film in the series. Die Hard 2, Die Harder, is presented as an on-rail shooter where the player must stop terrorists who have taken over, um, Duel? Duel? Dullies? I don't, I don't remember. I think it's Duel. The airport? Yeah. Dulles? 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 Who would, who would know that? Why do you know that? The daughter of a pilot. Yeah, but... Okay, correct. I... <laughs> Dulles. That's Dude, I think neither of us I'm, American carry words are intrinsic dumb. knowledge of our like parents' occupation. Right? Oh, okay, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving I know on. like Comey and like Hoover. <laughs> I don't know Comey, but I do know Coney. Twenty twelve, never forget. Twenty twelve, never forget. That was five years ago. I know, I know, right? All right, getting back on track, in the last game in the series, Die Hard with a Vengeance, how are these all so different? The player goes on a joyride, uh, driving a taxi, sports car, and dump trunk, th- dump truck, not dump trunk, through all of New York City, and is tasked with finding and defusing several explosives before they can go off. We did say that other games came out today, though, yeah. so we also got Tetris Attack for the Game Boy and SNES, never called the SNES. Yep, more ever. on that later. More on how it's not the SNES. Oh, God. And finally, the open-world action role-playing video game, The Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall, was released today as Where's If You Have Coin. Nice. Yeah, I, I get that reference. Yep. I've never played it. Actually, no, I played some uh, Elder Scrolls Online when it was in beta, but uh, other than that, I haven't really touched them. Oh, you haven't even played Skyrim? I haven't played Skyrim. Ooh. I'm currently stuck at a part where there's a bear on a mountain and fucks me up. Yeah. So I stopped playing that for a while. I was watching some videos on the uh, Khajiit. Oh. Uh, let's see. Ooh, we're into September now. Zendaya, American actress, singer, and dancer, is born today. You may know her from the latest incarnation of Spider-Man, where she acts alongside Tom Holland as a potential love interest in the future. Potential. Uh, AOL closes Imagination Network, the first online video game with graphics after five years of service. A little bit more information, the Imagination Network, INN, also known as the Sierra Network, was the first online multiplayer gaming system developed by Sierra Online in 1989 and first available to the public in 1991. The Imagination Network was a unique online gaming network that gave subscribers all over the United States of America, because the world doesn't exist, it gave them a place where they could play games, make friends, and have fun with a variety of games including RPGs, World War I airplane simulations, live trivia, and card and board games. Almost every user could find something enjoyable to play. INN also featured an electronic post office, many (laughs) bulletin boards, chat rooms, and the company boasted having more than 200 groups, clubs, and special online events. The homepage to this looks a lot like Neopets, Without the pets. I crushed Neopets. I miss Neopets. We need to have a 2000s podcast. Yeah. Just I to think... talk about Neopets. Yeah. Um, more on that later. Yeah, more on that eventually. September 2nd, the children's television program Arthur premiered on PBS, making it a wonderful kind of day. Hey, DW. Oh, God. Also, Happy Puppy runs circles around most internet dream chasers. 
Sandra Woodruff thought she had a clever idea. Her housemates in Washington, uh, a couple of computer game designers, were complaining yet again that they had gotten the short end of the stick in dealing with a big publisher, so Woodruff proposed that they bypass the big boys and put demonstration versions of their own game on the World Wide Web to be found by many Americans. Yes, the uh, United Americans. States of America, home of the internet. To draw visitors, they would also post demos of well-established games. The Issaquah 3, as they might have been called in an earlier age, <laughs> started their little venture on Valentine's Day 1995, which is astonishing considering what it looks like today. Happy Puppy, the name they eventually adopted for their site, now has 40 employees and expenses of about $350,000 a month. Happy Puppy users download 2.5 million demos from the site per month, and more than 10,000 internet users have created links to Happy Puppy on their World Wide Web pages. <laughs> Woodruff's brainchild also has a very rich new parent, as Happy Puppy has been acquired by the Attitude Network, a company led by ESPN founder Bill Rasmussen. Neat. Happy Puppy. That's Do you remember Happy Puppy? Faintly, I went to the I went to the website. Uh, well, it's gone. It's been parked since 2006, which is sad. Hmm. But I went to the Internet Archive and found a copy of it from 2004, Ooh, 2005. How'd that look? Amazing. Okay. Amazingly, 2004. It uh, but it's the the puppy logo. I'm like, oh, I've been here. I've been to the home of the happy puppy. Um, but it's sad. There's not actually a lot of information on their decline. I tried to look up uh, a history of what happened to them, and I didn't look this up too hard, uh, but I wasn't able to find anything. Just little splatterings on forums and Reddit here and there. Just what happened to happy puppy? And man, I remember happy puppy. Okay. Uh, well, let's move on to movies and music. And this week, we are doing it a bit differently because I did, in fact, get my shit together, as was promised <laughs> on the last show. Uh, so this week, we'd like to take a good look at a favorite of mine, The Rock. That one is coming in, uh, where it's, is it on the... It's on the list. It's down there. Yeah, it's on there somewhere. Oh, it's been It's been there for 13 weeks. Yeah. It's hanging on at, like, number 21. Oh, so we'll give you the quick synopsis and just read a little bit of trivia. It, it was an enjoyable movie. So here's the rundown. Stanley Goodspeed, who lives in Washington, D.C., is a biochemist who works for the FBI. Is this Sean Connery? No, that's uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh. Soon after his fiance Carla Pestalozzi, announces that she's pregnant, Stanley she... gets a call. Hmm? Is she Sean Connery? No. Uh, Stanley gets a call from the FBI director, James Womack. Womack tells Stanley that San Francisco's Alcatraz Island has been taken hostage alongside 81 tourists by Marine General Francis Xavier Hummel. Xavier's such a good villain name. Oh, yeah. It's such a good hero name, too. Well, here's Professor the thing, X. though, because this guy, for years, had been protesting that the government's refusal to pay benefits for families of war veterans who died during covert military operations. So he was cheesed that these people weren't being taken care of, which is understandable. This was further exacerbated by the death of his wife, Barbara, on March 9th, 1995, which drove General Hummel over the edge, and now he's holding hostages in order to get his point across. So, like, it's humanizing, right? It is. So that's that's got to be Sean Connery, right? Uh, the general? No. No? So, Who the fuck is Sean Connery in this well, movie? Well, hold on. Stanley is needed because General Hummel has stolen some VX gas warheads and has announced that he will launch them onto San Francisco unless his demands are met. Stanley knows how to disarm the bombs, but Stanley needs someone who knows Alcatraz well enough to get him inside. That man is former British intelligence agent John Patrick. There we go. Okay. Sean Connery. That, I, I, that's I, I, where he is. Can Sean Connery do a non-British accent? Like, could he do an American accent? Uh, maybe. 
I don't know if he has that range. Probably or would he not. Just, like, no, if, he's too old and crotchety. If he was just, like, if he happened to be cast as this general, would he just have been this American general who happens to sound pretty, pretty British? This is how crotchety Sean Connery is. So for this movie, he insisted that producers build him a cabin on Alcatraz because he didn't want to travel from the mainland to the island every day. They caved. They built him a cabin on Alcatraz. Now, how this can't be a long boat ride. Like, it's got to be maybe what twenty minutes. I don't know. I don't think it's that long though. Yeah, they they do they do boat tours of uh, of that in San Francisco. I imagine. Yeah, it can't be that long, especially if you have like a speedboat or something. Okay, so let's. Here's a couple fun points of trivia, and then we'll move on. So this is a Michael Bay movie. It is also his favorite movie that he's done. It's probably one of his good ones. It is a good one. You know what I liked. Have you seen Pain and Gain? No. Decent Michael Bay movie. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, also, more fun bits. So Aaron Sorkin and Quentin Tarantino were both uncredited screenwriters on the film. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, the premiere of the movie was actually held in the prison recreation yard on Alcatraz. That's a pretty good one. That seems kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, know. some of the Navy SEALs shown in the movie were actual Navy SEALs. Nice. That's pretty neat, too. Ooh, reportedly, sir. Sean Connery accepted the part of Mason after learning that Nicolas Cage had been cast as Goodspeed. Wait, wait, Mason. Mason. Did I get the name wrong? Oh, well, I've already closed the file. My point is this. It's a good movie. Go watch it. I, I never actually, I mean, as evidenced by me not knowing who Sean Connery was, I've never seen The Rock. That's insane. There was a period in the 90s, I think from probably around 94, 95 to maybe 99 maybe even the year 2000 where i didn't have a vcr so there was no renting movies i know this came up a lot on fox and stuff as a movie that was on but i was just never around to watch it it was definitely a tv movie oh yeah there's so like part of this chemical the issue with it is that it's like it fucks you up real bad and there is however one way to get for lack of a better word unfucked yeah, an antidote? There is an antidote. It's That's the word I couldn't find. It's to fuck Sean Connery, isn't it? No. You have to take a, a needle of like this green glowing liquid, this enormous needle, and jab it straight through your own heart. That is very... It happens on film. It traumatized me. Yeah. I'm like, my skin is crawling even saying these Just words. Just thinking about this glowing oh. needle going into mm-hmm. your heart. And like, I always watch the scene, but I'm not happy to. Jesus. All right. So speaking of things I'm not happy about, let's move on to, so This Week in Music, one of the albums on the list was something that needs to be discussed because it's very disappointing, and that is Much Dance Mix 96. Now, it rolls off the tongue. It does. I remember, like, you know, being an undergrad, someone would say, put on Dance Mix 96. I don't think they knew what they were talking about. That's one of those things that after you've had a few beers, it's like probably one of the only things that you can get out. Something it just rhymes. rolls off so yeah. easy. It just comes out so easily. And you would think that with that rhyme scheme, this would be an album for the ages, but it is woefully short. It, it really is. We're going to read the entire track listing and watch as you recognize two of the songs. Okay, go for it. We're going to start at number one. This is just track music. This is not any indication of quality. We've got Culture Beat, Inside Out. No. Number two, BKS. Astroplane. Keep in mind, like, I did go back and listen to these. I listen to I'm some just of them. not a fan. I, I listen to a few. Number three, we've got Planet Soul with Feel the Music. I've at least heard of Planet Soul. Maybe I have. That sounds a little familiar. Yeah. Gusto has the fourth track on the album, Disco's Revenge. 
I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Cartucci? Cartouche. Cartouche. Feel the rain? Uh, not ringing any bells. Fun Factory, I want to be, that's the letter B, with you, that's the letter U. Obviously, we are aware of Fun Factory. Uh, this, was a, this is a bad song. It's not a great song, but we do know Fun Factory. Number seven, Will Velo's Guantanamera. Nah. Oh, Tally knows that one? She's very excited. Are you sure? Okay. Are you sure you know that song? She's singing really and obvious. like dancing with what, her index fingers up. Like This is not a good look. I don't know. That's that's, that's how you dance in '96. Yeah, that's not, how you mix it up in '96. Like when you do like the finger in the air thing. Like you're not convincing me that's a good song. I'm just saying I know it. You know it. Well, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and th- I think that that's probably right what we're of... talking about if we know the songs. True. We've that's... already established that this is one of the worst dance mixes. That's also true. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Eight is Pizza Man with happiness. I mean, like it sounds good. Yeah. I guess when when the Pizza Man rolls up, there will be some happiness. Nine is Full Intention America. Bracket, I love America. That's too much. Uh, Ten, real to real. Are you ready for some more? No. Like, this is all trash up until now. We have two songs from artists I've actually, who actually have had a career. And I would classify this next one as a banger. Shaggy Boombastic. You have to love that song. You can't hate that song. I'm pretty sure you have to love it. That's in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It, it is. We have to. There's a, sec- a section and subsection. Yeah, it's like um, what's that one? The Notwithstanding Clause? It's like that. <laughs> well, uh, 12 Coolio with Too Hot. I've heard of Coolio. You know Coolio. He's, he, he was a successful person. Alright, let's finish these last ones off. Uh, we have Maria Lisa, You Make Me Feel. Nah. MJ in your arms. I at least know MJ. Uh, yeah, Capital Sound, Feel the Rhythm. That is a song I'm also aware of. Virtualissimo, Last Train to Universe. This one I gave a listen to. What'd you think? Well, you know, it would have made really good hold music. Okay. Like if I was waiting on hold with like the bank or something, uh, this would be pretty good. You're feeling okay about it. You're not getting angry. It doesn't deserve a place on Mix 96. Okay. And last one, the best band name here. Urban Cookie Collective, Witness. I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, exactly. God damn this it, Dance Mix 96, you're shit. I, f- I think you can feel the enthusiasm just pouring out of our voices right now. Dance like it's... Mix 97 is where it's at, but when you're too late. Exactly. Mix 96, that's where and you 95. need to put all the... That's where you need to put your collective of Urban Cookies right. into 96, because that, you won't have an opportunity like that for another 10 years. Okay, um, moving on. 90s Spotlight. Yeah. Oh, like, you know this what? is going to be a brief one. Oh. I've got a little bit of 90s news now. Go for it. I was reading a, uh, a Reddit story the, uh, the other day, and it was about how Danny DeVito. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, how he, um, this is about, this is from the viewpoint of a 13-year-old at the time who met him back in the 90s. And he was really depressed. He was at a boarding school where there was a lot of abuse and a lot of shady activities going on. And like a lot of teenagers, it just seemed that no one was listening to him. He was on a ski trip and up the ski lift, he was sitting with uh, what he described as a man with a very familiar sounding voice with a scarf over his face. Yep. He actually listened to him. He told him his story. And most importantly, he said that something along the lines of one day... This will all be a distant memory and things will get better. And that really, I guess those words really got to the kid. And then when they got to the top of the ski hill. That man was Albert Einstein. (laughs) That man? uh, (laughs) The duck man himself. Emilio Estevez. 
Oh, I was thinking Duckman, like uh, Jason Alexander voiced a uh, 90s cartoon. Wow, no. Uh, anyways, when he gets to the top of the mountain, Rhea Perlman comes up. That's when it all clicks to him. Uh, and then, yeah, he just shared the story. And then uh, on Reddit, Arnold Schwarzenegger commented and that saying was the best that, part. Yeah, saying that he'll he'll let Danny know. That's great. Yeah. Like just, just a, to, a little bit of uplifting news. Well, every time a, a story like this comes out or it's just a genuine human moment and a celebrity who, you know, maybe who's acting you enjoyed or who you looked up to for some reason or some role turns out to be a really good human. That's nice. It makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. You know what I think we need to do sometime? I think only one of these movies may have taken place in the 90s, but we need to watch the trilogy of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito films. Ooh, I agree. Did you Junior know that they're twins? Twins. Well, there's a third one, but I can't remember what it is. I feel like, is it a cop movie? I don't know. I don't know. We'll look it up. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's breeze through the spotlight because I'm very angry and don't actually want to talk about it. Yeah, this is, uh, this will be a quick one. Last week, the Super Nintendo Classic went on sale. For those of you who are not in the know, uh, Nintendo is re-releasing the Super Nintendo as a tiny little adorable thing packed in with, what is it, 20 games, I think? I don't know. It I is... didn't really look into it. You know why? Because I knew it would be impossible to get. It was impossible to get. They went on sale at 1 p.m. They were sold out by like 105 and you couldn't even get on the website. Yeah, Nintendo needs to, I don't know. They have said that they're going to stock these, you know, better than they stocked the Nintendo Classic, which was not stocked. So, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. Yeah. But holy shit, like there, there is a resurgence and you are clearly seeing the love for 90s games. No one wants to go out and buy a Nintendo because we remember how often they didn't work, how easily they broke. You have cartridges everywhere. It's kind of unsightly. Like, it's cool. I think it's fun. I think it was the best. I do too. Uh, but I can understand why some people wouldn't want to have, you know, a big shelf just for their old Nintendo games. Yeah, and then... it does use up a lot of room. Yeah. So having, like, everything in a tight, neat little bundle that's attractive, far more attractive than an emulator on a PC... That's fun. And you get the controllers. It's a whole nostalgia thing. That's what we're all about, clearly. It is. Also, did you hear that they're uh, releasing an exclusive uh, Star Fox 2 or something like that on yeah, it? Yeah, it was never released. Yeah, it was never I'm, released. I'm and betting there was a reason for that. It. Well, I guess we won't find out, but... Well, I mean, hopefully we will. We're just not going to find out. Not firsthand. Well, the day it comes out. I yeah. plan on getting one, because I oh. never had a Super Nintendo. I oh, didn't have I a Nintendo, Nintendo, but... My friend down the street, Jesse, did have a Nintendo, so between his Nintendo and my Sega, we were covered for years. Oh yeah, that's how that's how you do it. You just you team up with the uh with the other people in but, the neighborhood. Well he got his next system was a Sega Saturn. Nice. And then I got the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah. And then Mitch had Playstations. Mitch <laughs> Mitch lived between Jesse and I. We're talking like five houses here. Five houses of space. So we were covered, but the SNES, which again is not called the SNES. Yeah. Didn't exist for me. It was, uh, yeah, the, the SNES was my first system and I loved it. I had Super Mario All-Stars plus Super Mario World. So this was a collection of Mario 1, 2, 3, Mario The Lost Levels, which is the actual Mario 2 in Japan, plus Super Mario World all on one cartridge. And that covered most of my gaming needs. That alongside with things like Mario Kart, NBA Jam. I think I even had Doom at one point for uh, for the SNES. And it was pretty cool. Okay, you have to get out of here within the next four minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to cruise through. Uh, we actually have a legitimate sponsor this week, which is very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about this. Let's go. So... 
Looking to impress back on campus? Are you selling your car? Why not give it a spa day first? Squeeze every ever-loving penny you can get out of that thing. I, I can tell you flat out that I've bought a number of used cars. If it is dirty, I am, oh, I am railroading you on the price of that car. I have cash in my pocket. You just lost an easy 500 bucks if that car is unclean oh, when I've I go been, to buy it. I've been looking at cars uh, in the last in the last couple weeks. One of the reasons I walked away from one was just because the dirtiness of it, it just really took away from, it well, really took away from if it. If it's I mean, unkept, it looks reasons, like, but, yeah, it know. looks like you don't take care of the car. Yeah. And then if it's dirty on the inside, what's going on underneath? What's going on in the engine? So why not give your car a spa day before selling it? Rylo, this is R-Y-L-O, all caps, Rylo Mobile Detailing takes care of your car for whatever reason you want. So they service cars in the GTA Greater Toronto area and surrounding areas. Uh, we have several packages available. Look us up on Facebook or email rylodetailing at gmail.com to book an appointment. Uh, they're available Saturdays and Sundays, and the best part is they come to you. So this is a completely mobile service. Yeah, that is like a house call from a doctor. Well, I think the most expensive package that I saw was $200. It's a very, it's a very easy way to make your car look a lot nicer if you're selling it, or just even for yourself. I mean... Well, yeah, no one wants to go out good. on a date in a shit car. Well, it just feels good to get into a clean bed, go into a clean room, and to drive in a clean car. So this sponsor in particular, uh, Ryan is the guy's name who sent this in. I'm telling you this because I know him. Ryan is meticulous. Oh, God, I've seen the pictures. You can go online. You can actually see them. I think it was it was like a, a Nissan. Was it an Altima that he did? Holy shit. Like my car has never been as clean as that car in the picture is. And this isn't me like fawning over it. My car has never been that clean, though, actually. Most impressed by the cup holders. Right? How do you get all that shit out? In the How do you get the shit out of the cup holders? Yeah. I'm like I'm actually going to ask him though. Yeah. Yeah. These are uh, these are some trade secrets. I, I have probably he's not going to answer. One thing I would like to note is that Ryan was I want to say in the in the first ten people to actually download the podcast. No, yeah, maybe top five, top three. Like after Chris and I love it straight straight up might have been listener number one so uh, he's been on board since the beginning yeah I mean, we really appreciate oh that. we definitely appreciate that but like he was active on the facebook page really early and i know like he shared our posts and like he was one of the people who helped to actually get us to where we are today we're yeah. doing all right today but that's because of people like ryan so it's really cool that He's, he's even sponsoring an episode here. Again, so that's Rylo Detailing, R-Y-L-O Detailing. And you can look him up on Facebook. Check him out. Tell him that the podcast sent you. Yeah, please do. Tell him that you're going to buy three packages. One for you, one for Chris, one for me. We're all going to have clean cars. We'll go out for dinner. Car. Again, on you. You're very generous. Yeah, you're, you're a very good person. Yeah, we, we appreciate you. All right, and uh, you know what? I think There's that's probably it. a little more we could add, but I got to get to work real soon. So you as be. always, you can find us online at stuck in the 90s podcast.com stuck in the 90s podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to be a $10 sponsor, we will say some very nice things about you. Hopefully true things. <laughs> We're not above lying. We didn't lie in the recent ad, but we will lie about yours. If it's like a white lie. The truth is out there. 
The truth is out there. The truth is out there in your clean car. Uh, Instagram, Stuck in the 90s Podcast. Connor, you finish this off. I gotta go. Fair enough. Uh, I gotta get uh, some stuff together. We are on Twitter at SIT90s. I actually think that was the only thing that was left. You literally cut it off by one sentence. Whatever. But for now, the podcast, the podcast is, is now, now over. over.